What's going on guys, David Eichel here from HawkeyeInsider247sports.com here to break down just some bye week news. This won't be a long podcast, but I felt like that this was this was necessary with with some of the things that have been going on specifically around Iowa basketball. Obviously the football team right now is off this week, getting some rest in anticipation for their big matchup next week when they travel up to Madison, Wisconsin to take on the Badgers, who are coming off back-to-back losses to Illinois and Ohio State. Um, I'll give you some early thoughts about that. We'll also talk about some storylines from our press conference with Fran McCaffrey uh, on Wednesday. So let's just dive right into a little bit of football news. Uh, Right now, I'm not sure who's going to be coming back off injury. I think Christian Welch has a chance. And last week, uh, Gary Dolphin from the Iowa Hawkeye Sports uh, Radio Network said that offensive guard Kyler Schott will have a shot at coming back uh, this week against Wisconsin. You know, that interior offensive line has been a major issue this season. I feel like Iowa has almost had a limited, uh, limited playbook uh, because of that, you know, the interior offensive line, the kind of the inconsistency there. So if they get shot back, I think that's going to be a huge boost. Won't be night and day difference. It's not an instant quick fix, but it does provide a little bit, maybe more stability up front. Um, but a big question will also be, can shot come back? Uh, and does he need to knock off some of that rust because he was on one of those motor uh, little scooters when you put the leg your knee up on it and he was on that for a little while. We kind of saw how Alaric Jackson came back uh, when I went and took on Michigan. We saw him not get abused, probably the wrong word, but he got beat a couple times. You know there was obviously some rust there. Um, so in, you know it's it's hard to come back after a specifically a leg injury. When you got to be moving around, quick twitch, get a lot of power underneath you. So it'll be interesting to see what Kyler Schott uh, can do if he does come back. And I know a lot of people want to hear good news about Brandon Smith. That has been completely silent behind the scenes other than what Kirk Ferentz said, I think, last week that Brandon Smith could be out for three to four to even five weeks. So I think a very accurate timetable. If Iowa can get him back for Minnesota – if Iowa does find a way to beat Wisconsin, if they can get Brand Smith back for the Golden Gophers, who could be 8-1, could be 9-0, but that's going to be a very tough matchup with a very good Penn State team, and I don't think the Gophers have had much competition to play against this year, but it is a credit to them because you play who's on the schedule. You beat them. That's all that you can really ask. They don't set the Big Ten schedule, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of goes along there. Other than that, I really don't think Iowa's got much news on the injury front in terms of guys coming back. So I think those two will be will be major stories to watch. Obviously, Christian Welch, middle linebacker, could have a shot. But Jack Campbell and Dylan Doyle have played pretty well, I believe, for the most part. Jack Campbell is going to be, I think, a really, really good player for Iowa in the future. I watched him a few times in high school, specifically during the uh, state playoffs, and Saw him, I think, throw together nine to ten tackles in one quarter, and I was about sold right then. Guy, great pursuit of the ball. He's put on some weight, good explosion. Probably a guy that would have blown up a little bit later in the process had he kept his recruitment open, but picked Iowa over Minnesota and Iowa State and kind of locked down his recruitment and settled in. But not nice in-state win, I believe, for the staff, and I think he's going to be a guy that can play three or four years. Moving on to some uh, off-week comments by Kelton Copeland. Wide receivers coach, running back coach, Derek Foster, and a couple of the line, uh, Seth Wallace. So I think right now, I think the big question 
a lot of people have is one. I think Tyler Goodson's going to continue to become more of a focal point of this offense. The freshman running back obviously has been outstanding this year. A great energizer bunny, if you will, for this team. Uh, guy who can make things happen in space. And he's also improved as a blocker over the last several weeks. I know there's a little bit of a question mark earlier in the season, but I think he's done a great job of picking up blitzes. He's been a guy that just continues to be productive in whatever position uh, the staff puts him in. And a lot of people do want to see him get an increased workload as the time's going to go along. Uh, the only big complaint that I have seen, and I, I do tend to agree with right now, is why isn't he getting more involved early in the game? Now, Tyler Goodson over the past two games has only had one touch in the first half, but he's also been one of the, if not the standout, the number one running back in the second half. But he's a young guy. He's not getting hit 30, 40 times a game. Uh, he has a lot of muscle. He's explosive. He can catch the ball. You can line him out in a receiver slot if you want to go empty backfield with four other wide receivers. So I think there's a lot of room you could do. Uh, you could kind of work with him. And I think he is going to be a key player when Iowa goes into Wisconsin. So I, th- I think that Goodson does need to be more active, specifically in the first half. And Derek Foster did say he's that Tyler Goodson's been accountable. He's been great to work with. He's a guy who never stops learning, wants to continue to get better. And he's not he's not holding the team back in practice at all. He he comes across as a veteran. He's thrown he's handled everything that has been thrown on his plate. So I'm interested to see how that kind of continues. It'll be also interesting to see where Makai Sargent and Torn Young fit in the equation. Kind of amazing. It feels like Iowa's rushing offense taking a step back uh, in recent weeks, which is fair. You look at the stats and you kind of just scoff at it because they're playing against some really good defenses and they're not getting the job done. But when you, I, I think it's different this year. I think the last year, I don't think it was the line's fault or the, mostly about why the, the rushing game was so poor. I think it was the running back still trying to get used to the system. Keep in mind, Makai Sargent came in late um, in the year. Ivory Kelly Martin dealt with a number of injuries, which I think did play a huge part in his development. And, you know, Torn Young been the system, but he's not a guy that's going to break 40, 50-yard runs. He's a guy who's going to get you a consistent five, six, seven yards of carry. And that's what he's done. Tyler Goodson, Makai Sargent, Torn Young all average over 4.5 yards per carry this season. But Iowa's been very quick to kind of abandon the run game and throw a lot of passes. I mean, Nate Stanley leads the conference right now in passing offense. And kind of amazing to me when you, you do look at the numbers that Stanley's nearly 2,000 yards passing right now. He'll be passed, obviously, this bye week, but nearly 2,000 yards passing right now. But he's only thrown for 10 touchdowns. And it is a problem. The, the Iowa offense die, gets in opposing territory and just dies. And I think part of that is they, they've abandoned the play-action game out of the Iowa formation. That's been a staple of Iowa football, at least in the Kirk Ferentz era. I'd like to see them to go a little bit more back into that. They did show that against Northwestern. So I, I think that's going to be a key. I also think more outside runs and getting the ball out of Nate Stanley's hand quicker and into playmakers' hands, such as Emir Smith-Marset. Tyrone Tracy, Tyler Goodson. And I do want to see Oliver Martin get some playing time. Nico Regani, you know, I think he's be a very good receiver. Has over 30 receptions this year. I, I think he's at 31 right now off the top of my head. He, he had a couple drops last game. I would have liked to see Oliver Martin get in there um, and just see what he can do. I You know, the coaches obviously see something different than I do. 
Um, he hasn't had the greatest chance to, to prove himself in recent weeks, but this is a guy that, you know, Kellen Copeland said this week that it's unfair of any true freshman or, or transfer to come into a new program and see significant playing time. I didn't love the, I wasn't, I wasn't there at the press conference. I had some personal things to attend to, but I did re-listen to it. I didn't love that answer. And let me tell you why. I think Copeland is a fantastic coach for Iowa. I think he he has took a wide receiver room that was among the worst in the country position group wise when he took over. I think it, I think it's becoming one of the strengths of Iowa's team right now is to play a wide receiver. Obviously, Brandon Smith is a massive loss to this offense, but they did do a better job than I thought, kind of adjusting their play without him. But Nico Regani struggled a little bit. Um, so I'd like to see Oliver Martin and anyway, so Copeland talked about how it's unfair for the guys, new guys to come in and get that playing time. Well, then why did you throw Oliver Martin in the very first game of the season in the third quarter at a crucial time? Iowa was only leading 10 to seven against Miami, Ohio. They're on the nine yard line. Emir Smith, Marset just had that big play. Oliver Martin trots out there. They throw a fade to him. Beats his guy in a quick two-step burst from the, the line of scrimmage. Boom, touchdown. Oliver Martin's first career catch is a touchdown inside Kinnick Stadium. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hasn't really gotten much look after that. He had a couple false start penalties. Um, He did get a look against Michigan on that same play that they ran for him to score in Kinnick. But they ruled an uncatchable ball by a lot of people I know, and I would argue that on that pass, it should have been a defensive pass interference. There's really not much more that Stanley and Martin could have done on that play. But it's interesting to me when you throw in a guy like Sean Byer, and Sean Byer has potential to be a decent tight end. He's had a couple of good receptions this year in crucial situations. He's a reliable blocker. He's putting the work. But you're going to throw him in a four-wide receiver slot and make him run in the slot as a wide receiver instead of a guy like Oliver Martin former All-American wide receiver, played at Michigan for uh, two years, including a red shirt. Great route running, good hands, uh, quick twitch, extremely athletic as well. I would like to at least get him some run in a game so you can, I think, accurately see what he can do. I mean, there's been countless stories every year where a guy rises up the depth chart because of injuries and other situations arise. Goes into a game and balls out. And then the coaching staff realizes, oh my gosh, this kid can play. I, I'd like to see Oliver get some more run like that, especially when the upcoming game against Wisconsin has to be throw every, throw the book at the wall. Everything has to go into that game because if Iowa loses that game, this season's over. In terms of a Big Ten West title, they're not going to get that. They're not going to get the Big Ten championship. And it's going to be what I think Iowa fans are tired of having is it's a nice season. They want to see them take that next step because when you look at the talent in the room and you look at the NFL possibilities, there's potential. So I think this is a very, very big game for Brian Ferentz and what, 
You know, a lot of people speculate that he's going to be the next Iowa head coach whenever Kirk decides to call it quits. No, I'm not saying that Kirk's going to call it quits anytime soon. Nobody has any idea of that. But people are, I think as weeks go by, people are getting frustrated with Brian when Iowa hasn't been able to put points on the board. They're they're playing at championship-level defense right now. The Hawkeyes are under Phil Parker, which is not a surprise, but... The offense has shown flashes of tremendous play. I think there's playmakers. They're putting playmakers in decent positions. I do think they need to get the ball in the guys that can make things happen, open space more. Tyler Goodson, Oliver Martin, Tyrone Tracy, Amir Smith-Marset, etc. I also believe that they are going to need some tight end play. I look for a guy like Sam Laporta who flashed his potential last week, had 50 career reception uh, receiving touchdowns in high school, second most in Illinois high school history. So he's a guy I think to watch out for as well. But this is a big deal for Brian, I think. I think it's a big deal about where this offense can go. They have the playmakers in space, and I feel like they're they're close in a lot of areas. But close doesn't get you championships. Close only gets you an 8-4, 9-4 record, 9-3 They have the personnel groups to make a difference. And it's going to be really interesting to see what they can do that. And I think it's a big game for Nate Stanley. Because keep in mind, Nate Stanley's worst career game came two years ago at Wisconsin when he was going back to his home state. After Iowa thrashed Ohio State 55-24, Nate Stanley and Iowa went in to Wisconsin. Huge game of the season. Iowa had 66 total offensive yards and they only scored 14 points. Oh, by the way, the 14 points were because Josh Jackson had a pair of pick sixes. He had more interception return yards and points than Iowa had points in total offense. So I think it's a big deal for Nate Stanley. And if he wants to, you know, if he can go down as the top quarterback in Iowa history, I think if he gets a win here and they they come back to Kinnick Stadium and, and beat Minnesota, Iowa's... Champion, you know, championship hopes in the Big Ten are still alive, and they're going to arguably run the table if Minnesota falls this this upcoming weekend against Penn State. So, just a couple a couple of those offensive storylines out of the way. Defensively, there really wasn't too much new news. Uh, true freshman, former All American linebacker Justin Jacobs continues to make strides. He's a guy who's put on about twenty pounds of muscle uh, since he got on campus in January. Had off season. Shoulder surgery kept him out of spring ball, but he's starting to get the ball rolling. I think he's going to be a very athletic linebacker for Iowa, and he's a guy who I think could play four games uh, this season as well. So that that will be something to watch. Uh, Riley Moss uh, is kind of rise up the depth chart after a very scary Week One injury. He said that he was extremely close to uh, dislocating his hip, which would have kept him out all season. But luckily, avoid that. Came back five weeks later. And played a really good game, I think, against against Purdue. So, Iowa's defensive line is playing, I think, the best football it has all year. Joe Evans, uh, redshirt freshman walk-on from Ames, Ames High School. Tremendous edge rusher. Flushed quarterback Aiden Smith out of the pocket. A lot against Northwestern. Came up with his first career sack. Also had another half sack. Davion Nixon has been... Tremendous. Cedric Ladmore, senior defensive tackle, I think is playing the best football of his career. And Epinesa continues to wreak havoc on that edge. So if Iowa's defensive line can keep up that kind of pressure, I think that's going to be huge when they go into Madison. Because Jack Cohn, 
starting quarterback for Wisconsin is under a lot of pressure right now. A lot of people want to see a quarterback change with freshman Graham Mertz. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're pretty sold on him being a redshirt guy. But if they can get pressure on him early and the defense can you know, keep, limit them to only handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, I think that's going to give, put Iowa in a position to succeed. Iowa's the only school in the country that has not given up a 20 yards or more run. And Jonathan Taylor has never scored a touchdown against Iowa. One, one of the more strange statistics I think I've come across in recent weeks. So those are some of the football news, early thoughts on Wisconsin like to move into basketball real quick before you kind of wrap this up and answer a few of your questions. Uh, but yeah, basketball wise, interesting notes. Uh, Iowa star point guard, Jordan Bohannon, Fran McCaffrey announced is going to play some on Monday. Keep in mind, this is only five months after major hip surgery. Uh, when Bohannon had major hip surgery, shaved off part of the bone and kind of had to fuse some things together. Uh, usually a five to nine month recovery, but Bohannon has been, I think it's a credit to just how competitive he is. I think, you know, a lot of people see the baby face, but he's kind of, you know, t- turned that upside down now with the uh, the big beard that he's got going on. It's interesting, too, because he's one of the youngest-looking guys on the team, and he's, I guess, one of the only few guys that can grow a beard. I think Riley Till's the only other one. But Bohan's insanely competitive. He, he He's that guy who walks in with a chip on his shoulder. You see him, you know, short, skinny kid. Shoots lights out, wants to wants to kill you. Three point sniper, three point assassin, Jordan Bohannon. Uh, he's gonna play. Um, it's interesting because I think he's going to play this season. He, they're not all in on it yet. There's still talks about if he wants to shut it down because he wants his final year in a Hawkeye uniform to be healthy. Hard to blame him. It gets dicey though because by rule, if Jordan wants to apply for a medical redshirt. He has to play nine or less games, nine or fewer games. But he does not trust the NCAA to give him that eligibility back. So when he goes on the court on Monday, and if he plays in the season opener, which I'm assuming if he plays in the exhibition, he's going to, his redshirt's off. They have to apply for one through uh, the NCAA, and that's where it's going to get, I think, really dicey. So it'll be interesting to see that. But even the fact that we're talking about Bohannon potentially playing this season, I think it's a credit to him, credit to the Iowa medical staff and um, and Jordan's ability just to rehab and to really buckle down and focus on that. So that'll be something to watch. Obviously, if, if Bohannon plays, I think this is a completely different outlook on this team. I think people are picking Iowa 10th or 11th right now without Bohannon. It's interesting, too, because I, I don't see Iowa as that bad of a team. I have them as high as 7th, 6th or 7th in the Big Ten. I think Iowa has a lot of pieces that are going to be really good. I think there's a lot of pieces that people don't know about that are going to be much better than they anticipate. So I think that will be something to watch. But obviously stay tuned to Hawkeye Insider for that. Blaze with Bohannon will obviously be on site covering the game. Uh, What's going on with him? But uh, yeah, that's about it for the Bohannon saga. The latest update in Bohannon saga right now. But... Moving on, a couple, I think, key comments I wanted to address from Fran McCaffrey this week that at least, you know, make your ears perk up. Get your attention. C.J. Frederick, redshirt freshman guard out of Covington Catholic High School in Kentucky. Obviously, the former Gatorade Player of the Year in Kentucky. Played for a, t- led a top 25 high school team in the nation. 
Frederick, first of all, he looks like a completely new player. He didn't play at all last year. Um, but he's put on 23 pounds of muscle in the offseason. He can get he, he's improved his dribbling immensely from what I've been told from, you know, his teammates, coaches, Frank McCaffrey has been talking about him, praising him. Connor McCaffrey called him a a killer shooter and a killer player. And it's been like that all season. You you give him a chance to kind of, you know, slow the hype train a little bit, but guys keep talking him up. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Don't be surprised to see CJ Frederick start the two garden. Frederick shot 48% from three-point range in high school. Um, I mean, a sniper. Very, very good shooter. Will fit Frank McCaffrey's system well. But he's not only going to bring it offensively. One of the one of the biggest quotes I took away this week was I, I asked Fran, you know, there's a lot of people on the outside looking at your team. Um, what's something that's going to surprise them about this year's Iowa team? And he just said the depth. I don't think people people look at the front first five and then they kind of scoff at the rest of the roster. But Fran is very happy with this depth. He thinks that there's guys that are getting talked about, at least locally, but nobody really understands nationally. Jack Nunji, another one of those guys. And Nunji, at least from from all the praise, if Bohan doesn't play, Nunji might be a top three player on this team, at least a top four player on this team. Rebounding well, shooting well, put on 20 pounds of muscle, very good inside game now, blocking shots. Now, if, if he can bring that dynamic, I think that's going to be massive for Iowa. So that'll be something to watch, but... Fran McCaffrey called C.J. Frederick the best perimeter defender so far. You know, this kid hasn't played a game, you know, a real college game yet. He redshirted last year. He in I, I, Here's the thing. From what, after, from things I've been told from people is, you know, Isaiah Moss, I think, was a really nice player for Iowa. He fit the system well. I think he's going to play really well at Kansas. He's going to be a big boost for the Jayhawks this year, but... C.J. Frederick was going to be in line to take some of Moss's minutes even this year. Even with Moss being a, a, a redshirt senior and Frederick being a redshirt freshman, Frederick was going to take some minutes. I think he's too good of a player to keep off the floor. I think he, you know, it's interesting. I think he would have taken some minutes last year, even, even with him being a little bit underweight and not proving a lot. And I think that also is the reason why potentially Macy Daly transferred as well. Uh, obviously, Macy Daly, a key reserve guy off the bench for Iowa in the last three seasons, is going to Akron. But I'm very interested to see what C.J. Frederick's going to bring to the team because he he comes across as a guy that 
has a lot of potential. And when asked to expand upon uh, Frederick's defensive prowess, Fran just said he fights. He fights through screens. He stays in his stance always. He's on top of guys. He has quick enough feet now. He's really improved his foot speed, lateral movement. And if that's the case, I think one of the biggest problems for Iowa's defense last year was getting through screens fast. So if he's a guy that can lock down a guy on the perimeter or at least make their life more difficult, I think I think that goes a long way for this team. So obviously that makes your ears perk up. Another thing was look for Connor McCaffrey to potentially play the three this season. He's not going to start there, obviously. That, that, that spot's Joe Wieskamp's. Nobody's touching that. Nobody's touching that. But that allows a a very you know physical Connor McCaffrey, six foot five, slugger in baseball, nice physical frame. He can go down, and get some rebounds, good passer, feed the interior guys. And if he gets his confidence back in his three point shot, then I think he can be a nice, a very nice reserve piece. I think some people think he's gonna start the the starting point guard. I don't see that. If, if Bohannon's healthy, he's definitely not. But even if Bohannon decides to you know, not play this season. I think that's going to be Bakari Evelyn's spot, the, the graduate transfer from Valparaiso. But Bakari can play either spot, so it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of mixed and matched until they got into a groove. But Connor could start the one, then slide over the three as the game wears on. But I think Bakari is going to be a guy that people are going to like, very athletic, fast guy who, who can hit the three-point shot, can get in the lane, he's quick. And he's become a much better passer this offseason, which I think is huge for his point guard development. So a couple things to watch on there. Fran also said that uh, Cordell Pemsel, who I think was in line to be that maybe that sixth, seventh guy off the bench, probably going to be the primary replacement for Jack Nunji if if Fran does not want to run maybe Luca Garza, Ryan Craner sets, which we saw last year. It worked pretty well because they're both nice entry entry pass guys, especially Ryan Craner. From the perimeter. Cordell Pemsel is not going to play in the exhibition. He's not going to play in the season opener. He is, that's kind of the final part of his of his suspension. As if you can recall a few weeks ago, Cordell Pemsel was cited with OWI. Was suspended from the team indefinitely. And Fran did say that Cordell will not play in the season opener or this Monday in the exhibition against Lindsey Wilson College. But I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised about this team. I think a lot of people expect Iowa to be in that 16-17 win range. I believe Vegas has the over-under right now at 17.5. And And it sounds crazy at first because there's a lot of talent on the team, but Iowa has an extremely difficult schedule this year. I mean, they're going at Syracuse, uh, play Iowa State. They're going to be playing Texas Tech in Las Vegas, could potentially play Creighton. They go play a neutral site game against Cincinnati. Jaron Cumberland, obviously, they'll be hungry for revenge after Iowa knocked them out of the first round of the NCAA tournament last season. So there's a lot of questions. But I think this team is going to be better than what people give them credit for. And if they can get the chemistry down and Patrick McCaffrey, Joe Toussaint, Bakari Evelyn, these new guys kind of mesh with the team and develop that chemistry. And if Joe Wieskamp develops that 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 vocal leadership guy and is comfortable with taking his usage to the next level, which I believe he is, I think Iowa's going to have another NCAA quality season. This is a very, I think, crucial year for Fran McCaffrey. 
and the Hawkeye program going forward because they have a lot of experience back. Sure, they lost some guys, but they have a tough schedule. And I think it's a chance to make a statement um, for Iowa. Just say, hey, you know, this is a very – this program, you know, 10 years ago was, was kind of in the water, bottom of the barrel. But they're back, and they're rising. They're, they're getting better. They're developing guys. So I, th- I think it's a big year uh, for Iowa basketball. And I think this is going to be one of the most interesting years to watch Iowa because I, I think there's a lot of things that are known about this team. But I also think there's a whole lot of things that a lot of us are just trying to, you know, nitpick and really guess and project. But I think if, if Wieskamp can take his game to the next level, if Garza can be consistent, if the new guys fit in, if Bohannon plays, I mean, there's so many different factors right now for this team uh, that I think could dictate success. But there's a lot of optimism, I think, surrounding this season, as well as a lot of mystery. So, Obviously, stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com for that. Now, we, we do have a few questions. I think I hit on about everything I wanted to hit. Um, I think one, one of the most uh, requested questions this week was, hey, look at what, what's the deal with Sam Laporta. Obviously, Laporta had two receptions for a total of 43 yards against Northwestern last week. A lot of people are now very excited about him. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So, somebody, a few people have asked, when when is Laporta going to rise up the depth chart uh, for Iowa, considering the tight end production? I'd say next year. Uh, it's almost going to be an open audition next year for Iowa tight ends. Sean Byers obviously will be back, but Nate Weeding's going to be gone. Iowa is going to be bringing in, at least right now in the 2020 recruiting class, Luke Lachey, who's a top five tight end by 247sports.com. They're also going to be bringing in Elijah Yelverton, who I think is going to be a very, very nice tight end out of Texas. Um, and they have, obviously, Sam Laporta, and they have Josiah Miemann, who I think people have kind of forgotten about. He's a guy, with, I think, with the high upside. And we'll see about Theo Johnson, obviously. Theo Johnson, number three tight end by 24-7 Sports, top 100 prospect, is down to Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, and George. I think the latest rumblings are Penn State, but... From the sources I've talked to, Iowa is still in the race for him, uh, but maybe just on the outside. Maybe I, I, if I had to pick, I'd probably slot them at number two right now. But yeah, I, I do think Laporta is going to get a little bit more run in the past game. He's been primarily used as a blocker, be short off some great athleticism and ability on that catch and run uh, against Northwestern. And Iowa does need a spark out of the tight end, so we'll see if Nate Weeding is going to be able to come back or not. Um, you know, next week against Wisconsin. If not, then I think we're going to be seeing some more of Sam Laporta. Another injury I did want to touch on real quick was obviously Justin Britt, the freshman offensive guard from Indianapolis, Warren Central, sustained, quote-unquote, some type of concussion in practice before the Northwestern game. Uh, There's no word on his stats, but I do think that they're going to be bouncing around the idea of a redshirt now with him. I know they said previously they weren't going to do that. But 
if you play him in five games, I mean, that, that I'll, it's not a wasteful retro if the coaches don't see that. But I, I think you do save him because I think he's a very big, high upside guy who's going to be an important part of the offensive line going forward. So I, I think that's something to watch. Another question I had, when's Davion Nixon be number one defensive tackle? Again, I think that goes in, it goes in next year's plans. But Nixon continues, I think, to get the snaps that number one defensive tackle is going to get. I think he's proven to be effective, and I think they're going to continue to give him more of a workload as time goes on because I think he's been tremendous for Iowa for all the excitement about him. A little bit of a slow start, but he's really starting to come into his element. I think he's dominating near dominating games at this point. Another question right now is Iowa's ninth in the Big Ten rushing offense, 146 yards per game. We'll drop to 10th if Northwestern runs for 184. Ninth in total offense, 10th in scoring offense. Brian Ferentz's third year. Is this acceptable to Iowa fans? It's an interesting question because I think you look at lower end competition. I think Iowa's done what they've needed to do. Iowa's become a little bit more, I think, stomp on the throat late in games than they have in past years, but I think they're still a little bit too much conservative. Uh, play calling at times. I, I think specifically that fourth and one near the end of the first half against Northwestern. Uh, I think Iowa's on the, th- or the 39 yard line of Northwestern's and they elected to punt it. I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, but, you know, I don't think it should be acceptable considering the talent they had. But at the same time, I do see progress being made. I do think the offense is close. I see what they're trying to do at times, and when things work, they're great. But when things are bad, they're bad. I think it's just one of those learning curves right now that, that Brian Ferentz continues to go through as a play caller. I think Iowa continues to get more talent in the room. I think the offensive line needs to get back where it was when they were trying to build up the program all those years ago. But I, I do. I do see progress in the offense. I think, I think, big, I think wide receivers have been nice. You know, Nate Stanley has not thrown a lot of touchdowns this season. But I think Nate Stanley is throwing the ball much, much more consistent this year. Not getting the results on the scoreboard that everybody wants. But he he's made, I think, less bad throws. And I think he's been more accurate downfield, specifically on those fade routes. So you do see some progression, I think, for him. But Iowa does, I think Iowa needs a good, I think Iowa needs a very good run game to open up that pass game still. And I think that's going to instill confidence. I think the run game is the big key. If Iowa breaks open a few runs, that opens up the play action. That opens up so much more for the offense. If Iowa turns into a single dimensional team and throws the ball 19 of 20 plays, they're not winning that game. That's just not Iowa football. So... I wouldn't say it's acceptable, but I do think that this year, the end, the rest, I think Wisconsin, Minnesota are huge games for how we're going to view this offense and if the team can win the Big Ten West. And I also think next year, because next year, Iowa might lose both tackles. They're going to lose some interior guys, but they bring back Linderbaum. Right? And I'm assuming nobody transfers, by the way. Every wide receiver, top five wide receiver, Comes back. Brand Smith, Amir Smith, Marset, Nico Regain, Tyrone Tracy, Oliver Martin. Get all those guys back. You bring in a coop of tight ends that are going to be, I, I, you know, say what you want about star rings or whatever. They're both rated pretty high. 
they're going to be really good tight ends. You throw that in with Laporta and Miaman, I really love that tight end room. I think it's going to be absolutely loaded. Assuming Spencer Petras wins the starting job, good quarterback. Out of high school, shown some progression this year, I think. They got pieces to work with next year, too. And I think after next year is when you can really, really start to get a feel where the offense is going to go. And if it's going to be take that next step under uh, Brian Ferentz as a play caller and and all that. So I, I think that's something to, to uh, watch for. Interesting question as well. Uh, already talked about the injuries that Justin Britt, we don't know. Weeding, we don't know. Brand Smith, doubtful. So we'll, we'll kind of see about that. The question I had was, Wieskamp Garza expect to be Iowa's top two scores, assuming Bohan doesn't play a full season, who steps up behind them at number three. That's a very, very good question, I think, because I think if I had to pick, I'll probably say Jack Nungy. I think Jack Nungy is going to explode this year. He's a guy who can hit threes. He's a guy who has had developed a very nice post game. He can rebound. He can block. He can defend. But at the same time, I'm not ready to go Bakari Evelyn be able to be the third guy. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was. I think C.J. Frederick even has a shot being the third scorer because he's so lethal from three, because he can shoot. And another difference that Frank McCaffrey said between Frederick last year and this year is Frederick is able to create his own shot. And if he can do that against Big Ten competition, that's massive for Iowa's offense. If I had to guess right now, I'm going to go Jack Nungy because he has been through the Big Ten gauntlet once. He took a year off, not because he had to, because he elected to. And now he's back. Jack Nungy, I'll say, is going to average over 11, 12 points a game. I think I think Garza's going to average 14, 14 to 15. I think Wieskamp is going to go for 17, 18 points. And if he hit the 20 mark and Garza goes 13, you know, a third guy goes 10 points per game, but Wieskamp goes 20, that wouldn't surprise me either. I, I think Wieskamp is going to be the focal point of the offense, as he should be. And I think he's going to explode and then I think he's going to have a very, very tough decision to make next year if he wants to come back to Iowa for one more season. Because I think he's not a four-year guy. Before his career, I said Wieskamp's going to be a dominant four-year guy. He's going to be an all-timer. I think he's got the pieces to bounce out of Iowa after three years. Maybe two if he if he really has made those strides this offseason. So, yeah, I'll go Jack Nungy. Uh So, I will, I will be back Monday night after the exhibition game. I'll just do some... You know, just some quick takes about what I saw. Obviously, it's so, much, it's so tough to gauge um, stuff just after a exhibition. But I think it's, it'll be at least a good view of where some guys are at, some interesting pieces, what kind of sets they're running, what are some lineups they're going to be tinkering with, and all that. And then we will be back next Tuesday or Wednesday with Dylan Burns, Sean Bach, David Eichholt for the Swarmcast previewing Wisconsin Iowa which is set to be at this point Iowa's biggest game of the season because I think it is Iowa's season because before the season they wanted to win a Big 10 West title there's no excuse if they want to win that they have to win this week this is a must win game against Wisconsin so that's going to do it for me David Eichel hawkeyeinsider.com 24/7 sports follow me on Twitter at dicolt247 follow us on hawkeyes on 247 on Twitter and stay tuned 
for the latest Iowa football, basketball, and recruiting news.